Welcome to the Munchkin Minute, your bio kill look into some tabletop gaming news and more. I'm your host, Dan Dan, a board game man, and this is your news for December 1st, 2020. But no news today. We're just going to do a couple of quick reviews. It's uh, the December and holiday time, so a little bit slower of a news and not a whole lot of great Kickstarters and other digital news. So I thought I'd do a couple of quick reviews for you, a couple of five, six minute reviews. Uh, these are both Euro games. Uh, the first one is being a medium to heavier weight Euro, and the second one is more of a light to medium or even kind of family weight Euro. So today I'm going to review Paladins of the West Kingdom and Lost Ruins of Arnak. So first up is Paladins of the West Kingdom. Now, this is a game uh, by Shem Phillips and S.J. McDonald. This is by Garfield Games, Renegade Game Studios, and a whole bunch more. You'll probably find it over here under uh, Renegade Game Studios is who you'll find. It's a game for one to four players. Basically, I would probably go to two or three if you're going to play it multiplayer, uh, but it also does have an excellent solo variant. It's going to take you about 90 to 120 minutes, so probably about an hour and a half to two hours. Like I said, it's more of a medium to heavier weight game, probably a lighter, you know, medium it's kind of that that space between medium and heavy uh, with Euro. Now, it's a worker placement, and you're kind of getting a lot of different resources, uh, but it's basically a, a worker placement game. Now, in the game, you're going to be playing for seven rounds, and at the end of the seven rounds, you're trying to get the most victory points. And a not very novel concept, but that's a big thing about Euros there. Now, every round... When you start, you're going to get some workers and you're going to pick a paladin to use for rounds. So how you get your workers is the first thing you do, you pick your paladin. Now, everyone's going to have the same deck of paladins and you're going to shuffle them up and you're going to deal yourself three paladins. Now, after you're drawing your three paladins, you're going to decide which one to use, which one to put face down back on your deck and which one to put on the bottom of the deck. Now, on the paladin card, you're going to have a few different things. First, you're going to have uh, some of the attributes that you're going to have, a little extra temporary attributes. Uh, that's the faith, strength, and influence. Now, each one of your paladins will have one or two of those and give you a little bit more to boost that. They'll also have a power for a round, like getting uh, gold when you choose an action or discount for other actions and such like that. And then lastly, you're going to have two colors or two meeples of, of up to two colors. That'll be your two of your workers for the for that round. And then either, after every person has selected their paladin, they're going to draft uh, kind of an order of these tavern cards. Uh, in turn order, you're going to draft these tavern cards. They will have four workers of colors on there. Now, once you have those workers, you'll have six. Everybody collects their six workers. And then it's time to start the round. Now, you're going to have spots on both your player board. And then there's some spots which are kind of open up for everyone in the middle of the main board as kind of the, the, the rounds go. Each round, you're going to slip, flip over a few things. The first three rounds, there's going to be some end game scoring. And then there'll be some other, uh, you know, other spots that will open. Open that'll be able to give you uh, things for your workers as well. Now, the different things that you can do with your workers is on your player board, basically the left side of your player board is going to kind of be getting some resources and uh, turning uh, workers into other things. There's things like develop, which you can pay money and a couple of workers to put over one of these green development houses to the right side, which makes your other actions, which are the kind of the, the heavier actions, a little bit cheaper because each one of those actions on the right side costs you three meeples to use of different colors. Uh, and then there's also hunt which is going to help to get you provisions. You can recruit, which is uh, how you get some uh, sp special powers, basically kind of the cheaty powers. You're going to get the, the uh, other worker card or the, uh, the different townsfolk cards will help you. Uh, you can pray, which helps to get rid of some workers. If you're going to kind of double up on an action, you can get rid of workers from that action, or else they're just going to basically only be able to use it one time. You can trade, which is how you get some more money. And then you can conspire, which helps to get you uh, the purple meeples, which the purple meeples will get you uh, kind of taxation. Uh, you can get some money. You have to take some tax, and then you can take these cards that uh, you may actually end up having to get debts or just having to pay things, but that's nothing you're going to worry about. There's just other little things that you have to do 
and it's it's fun to have different types of the colors. So each one of the actions, basically the commission, fortify, garrison, absolve, attack, and convert, you're basically using one of those three attributes to get another attribute. So in commission, uh, you're going to be using the uh, you can be using the black attribute, which I believe is the uh, was the uh, faith uh, attribute to get the influence attribute or influence good faith. Basically, you're going to be using one to get to another, and that's how you're going to get your attributes up. And at the end of the game, depending on where the three attributes are, that's going to be some sort of how you're getting uh, the different victory points as well. Fortify, you'll be fortifying the the different town there. And each one of these attributes, you have to pay either some provisions or other such resources to be able to do some of these things. And they're attacking as you're going to be taking over uh, some of the other paladins or the barbarians out there that'll get you end game points. So you're doing all sorts of different great things to get end game victory points. And uh, what's really cool, because you can kind of diversify how you do, you know, you can go in a lot of different directions or you can just go heavy in one area. And there's a lot of different ways to get those victory points, but it is just a really good, meaty, fun Euro game. So I really highly recommend you check this one out. Again, it is a little bit longer, but it is a ton of fun. That is Paladins of the West Kingdom, again, by Renegade Game Studios. It's probably about fifty dollars. You should be able to find it now. Excellent uh, gift for anybody out there on your kind of any of those Euro players that don't already have this. But this is probably my favorite of the uh, of the West Kingdom Shem Phillips uh, kind of trilogy of those different games. Probably my favorite one there. But that's Paladins West Kingdom. Definitely check that one out. Next up, I want to talk about Lost Ruins of Arnak. This one is by Czech Games Edition, or CGE. Plays, again, one to four players. Another really good solo game. Uh, I'd say best, actually, three or four, since it is kind of a lighter to medium weight Euro. Uh, plays in, I'd say, about an hour to two hours. I played it with my family. It took us about a little over an hour, maybe an hour and a half with teaching. Uh, and again, you can play this one with your family uh, or with gamers alike. So it is does have that kind of really good depth to it. Now, uh, what you're going to be doing, you're, you're kind of archaeologist, or let me use their explanation. On an uninhabited island and uncharted seas, explorers have found traces of a great civilization. Now you'll lead an expedition to explore the island, find lost artifacts, and face fearsome guardians, all in a quest to learn island secrets. So basically, it combines deck building with worker placement. And this is what I really like about games like this. Uh, uh, when I had done the worker placement as part of a board game's top five, I, I really kind of really love using deck building, uh, you know, deck building in a larger uh, sense in board games kind of that's my favorite thing to do with deck building using it in a larger game and that's what lost ruins of arnak does is it brings that deck building and worker placement and you're going to use a little bit of exploration resource management uh and just in flipping over and just what they call end discovery uh so you're going to be using your cards you can use them to place workers uh or get resources and you're basically bending the rules like you do in a lot of other games you'll start the game with six basic cards two of which are fear cards and you don't want to use those you don't want those at the end of the game because they're a negative points. Uh, but you also have two archaeologists, which are your workers. And then the other four cards that you have are basically just resource cards. And they also have, uh, you know, multi-use cards to do that. And the archaeologists, you're going to send out to dig and discover sites. So you're going to acquire resources and also using some of those cards that depending on the time, on, on if they're items or artifacts, those are the ones you're going to be able to acquire during the game. They may go right into your hand or uh, they might go there right away or they'll go onto the bottom of your deck to come out and play very soon. That's kind of the beauty of the deck building here since it's only five rounds and there's not that many cards and it enables you to get these cards fairly quickly. So you'll be using the cards. You'll At the end of your turn, after you use all the cards, you kind of shuffle them up and you put them on the bottom of your deck. You don't have to wait to draw everything out. So you'll put them on the bottom of your deck. Like I said, the, the items that you get will go on the bottom before you shuffle those cards. So they'll also be getting back in there uh, a little bit quicker. Now you're going to be requiring resources, uh, 
you know, uh, and then you're going to be using those workers. So the workers I mentioned are going to be used in a couple of different ways. First, you can go to some sites that are already on the board to collect resources. They're kind of pre-printed on the board. That's pretty basic and easy, but definitely needed earlier in the game. The other thing you can do is dig or discover new sites. Uh, once you play, pay the price to get there, which is kind of a travel price, uh, and then also kind of a travel with a card, you draw the tile, which is going to tell you what's at that site for reward. And then a guardian is going to also come there as well. Now, if you can use an action later in that turn to defeat the guardian uh, and you'll get that tile as a reward. It'll give you some sort of basic like action as a reward, or you can take, uh, you can take it as a bonus, which actually after you use that bonus action, then you'll flip over and it'll become five points at the end of the game for you. If you do not defeat the guardian or you cannot defeat the guardian, you'll get a fear card. If you're still there at the end of your turn, it has limited usability and also a negative points at the end of the game. So you want to kind of get rid of those. And there's plenty of ways to call cards out of your deck as well. But if you don't, it just, stays on the board, the Guardian, if you don't defeat the Guardian, it stays on the board, which is both good and bad because it does guard the site sort of so that if somebody else goes there, they're at risk of losing, you know, losing the fear, but they can also defeat the Guardian themselves, which is going to give you those five points, which are very, very valuable at the end of the game. So the good thing too is uh, once it is defeated and a site is open for you or anyone else to go pretty risk-free for the rest of the game. And those sites have great rewards uh, just for going there. Now there's kind of a two-prong. There's a first level, which has about eight sites, which are a little easier and cheaper to get to. And then there's the level two sites, which are a little bit more expensive. They cost uh, six compasses to get there. So it's very expensive to get there. But once you do get there, the rewards are a lot better on that second row. So there's also a uh, research track that uh, you, you'll have two pieces that are over there. There's a book and a magnifying glass. Now, depending on which one you move, you'll get a certain reward for each level. Your book can never actually go higher than your magnifying glass, but they can both have be on the same level. So you must always put your magnifying glass up first, and then the book can follow you later, or you can just shoot up the track with the magnifying glass. Now, some rewards are more resources, and then some give you assistance. Now, the first couple times you bring your book up, you're going to get an assistant, and that's going to give you some action or bonus resources resources each round. So they're really good to get and you get to use them once a round. Now you have to pay resources as well to move your pieces up the track. So there's a kind of even a little bit of a branching path as you're going up this resource track. So you can decide what to pay and which side you want to go. And there's also kind of one time, you know, whoever gets their first one time rewards on that track. But it's very, very important to go up this track because that's where the bulk of your points are going to come from. Now, after you do that, after you have no more actions in a round or you use up all your cards or you have no more resources, or if you don't want to use up all that resources, but you've used up all your cards, you just go ahead and pass and the round is over once everybody's passed. Now, after five rounds, you add up all the points and you see who wins. Again, this is a great game. We played it real. I played it with my family. My kids are 13 and 17 and they really enjoyed it as well. It took about a, a, a round to grasp some of the concepts, but they really dig it and they really were uh, pretty close. And my wife actually really loved this as well. So I highly recommend you check out that one as well lost ruins of arnak by cge again one to four players uh the solo version of this uh, you play against the automa same thing in paladins of the west kingdom you both are using kind of cards which will play as the other player uh, against you and you're trying to get uh, trying to beat them in points but that is both paladins of the west kingdom from 2019 and lost ruins of arnak which did come out this year and lost ruins of arnak you should be able to find it for about 50 or 60 dollars at your flgs or online Thanks for joining me today. If you see any news you think I would like to feature, shoot me a message at GeekJogBlog on Twitter. Also, please check out Majorspoilers.com for more content by Steven and the rest of the Major Spoilers crew. As always, I'm Dan Dan, the Board Game Man, and I'll see everyone in a couple of weeks for another Munchkin Minute. This has been a 
This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.